Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Hey, what's the good word? How are you doing? What's happening? Those are questions that are a part of our vernacular, and yet when we hear those questions coming at us today, we say too often that there is no good word. And you don't want to know what's happening. But if you must ask, things are not going very well. We are exhausted. We are exhausted from staying at home and sheltering. We are exhausted and tired of wearing masks. We're exhausted with the social distancing. We are exasperated by our political parties And certainly the chaos this last week was grievous. We are exhausted. I heard about a woman who called a friend and asked her how she's doing. And she said, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I've got a splitting headache. My feet and my knees are killing me. The house is a mess. The kids are driving me crazy. I don't know how much more of this I can take. And the friend said, listen, I'll be right over. I want you to go down, I want you to go and lie down and get some rest. I'll come over, I'll fix you lunch. I'll clean up the house. And I'll take care of the kids. And the woman said, Thank you. And then the friend asked, by the way, how's Sam doing? And the friend said, Sam, who's Sam? And the first woman said, oh, I'm sorry, I must have dialed the wrong number. And there's a pause. And the woman said, are you still coming over? (laughs) If we allow our external circumstances and the events of this temporal world to define who we are, we're not going to make it. But there is an alternative. And that is the source of our faith. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the first chapter of the book of Hebrews. I introduced this book to you last week. We know not who wrote it. We know not who received it, save for the fact that they were Jewish background believing Christians who were struggling with the events, with external circumstances. And they were so close to just tossing in the towel. It's done. I am, I'm through. I can't do it anymore. I don't want to put up with this anymore. I don't want to fight the fight. I just want to live my life. And I get that. But we must remember that we are in the middle of a spiritual battle that will not be won with carnal weapons. Oh, I think we put way too much faith in our government, in our country, 
and I'm as patriotic as the next person. However, I recognize, and I hope you recognize as well, that God does not stand when the American flag passes by. I came across this article by Chuck Colson misquoting our founding fathers. And how many times have we heard that our, our, our founding fathers were, were, were deists and not really Christians and that this isn't a nation that was, that was built and established on, on Christian foundations? You know what I've learned? I've learned that nothing, nothing is too absurd that if it's not repeated loud enough and long enough, but that people don't start to believe it to be true. And, of course, that could take me off on a whole different uh, sermon topic today. That, that, uh, but I want to stay focused here. You've heard, me, you've heard me quote the second president, John Adams, who said that our Constitution is written for a religious and a moral uh, people and is wholly inadequate to govern any other kind. But listen to the first part of that. John Adams said this. We have no government armed with power, capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. And he concludes with, our Constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people and is wholly inadequate to govern any other kind. Benjamin Rush, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, said, the only foundation for a useful education in a republic is to be an aid in religion. Without this, there can be no virtue, and without virtue, there can be no liberty, and without liberty, the object and life of all uh, and, and liberty is the object and life of all republican governments. Remember, we're a republic. He was not referring to a party. Without religion, I believe that learning does, re does real mischief to the morals and principles of mankind, humankind. Noah Webster, the Christian religion in its purity is the basis, or rather the source, of all genuine freedom in government. And I am persuaded that no civil government of a, republic, of a republic form can exist and be durable in which the principles of that religion have not a controlling influence. And I could go on. There are several others. I can link this article in my Word on Wednesday. My Word on Wednesday is an email that I send out every week that kind of recaps Sunday service, the sermon. If you're not getting that, send me an email, pastordavid at gmpc.org, and, and we'll get you on that. I'll link this article to it. But these are the times today as we look at what's going on. And what is going on? I, I, I know that because I've had, people, I've had people in my office tell me that they know exactly what's going on. I've had phone calls. I've had, I've had emails from people that say they know exactly what's going on. The only problem is, is that what this person knows exactly what's going on, this person disagrees with and says, no, 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 that's not what's going on. This is what's going on. And, 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 and they've got us chasing our tails. And my, 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 my biggest grief in all of this is the death of truth. For our culture, the death of truth. 
We as Christians can never allow truth to die. And, and, and never ever was there a more uh, appropriate time for a group of Bible-believing Christians to jump into the book of Hebrews. Yeah, like I told you last week, as I was laying all this out, I'm thinking to myself, what am I thinking, jumping into the book of Hebrews? And I'll tell you, I, I could not have picked a more perfect passage for us today than the first four verses of chapter one of the book of Hebrews. Listen to this. In the past, God spoke. God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sin, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty in heaven. So He became as superior to the angels as the name He has inherited is superior to theirs. Just let that sink in a minute. Listen again. It's worth repeating. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And after He provided for purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven and so became as superior to the angels as the name He has inherited is superior to theirs. We are talking about Jesus we are talking about Jesus. Who is this guy? We need to know. Because if we don't know who Jesus is, then we are doomed. In the past, God spoke. God spoke. I would say that God continues to speak. I think it was Francis Schaeffer who said, God is there and he is not silent. People say, well, I sure wish that God would speak to me. He doesn't say anything to me. And I always reply when I hear that from people. Have, have you listened to what he's already said? What do you mean? I says, well, there are 66 love letters that God has written to you. Have you bothered to read them? Oh, well, you know, I, 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 stop. If we want to hear from God, we need to spend time listening to what He has already said. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Many times and in various ways. 
God spoke. He broke into history and he spoke. He called Abraham. He called Moses. He called the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah. I mean, you could go on and on. God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets many times. And what was the message? The message is, I need you to understand, there is a God, and you're not it. Listen to me. I created you in my image, and I I will give you a framework within which you shall live. And as you live within that framework, you will thrive and put no other God before me. Well, that didn't last very long. And so God continued to to call out to his people through the prophets and throughout history and in various ways. It was not just a spoken word. There were demonstrations of power, a flood, a bush that burned and was not consumed, a sea that was separated that Israel might walk through on dry ground, bottles of oil that never that never went empty, axe heads that floated to the surface of the water, thousands of people fed with a couple of loaves of bread and a few fish. God has not only spoken through the prophets at many times, but also God spoke through various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, the son, the only begotten whom he appointed as heir of all things, through whom he made the universe, through whom he made the universe. Go back and listen again to to those opening words that, that Kim read earlier this morning. In the beginning, God created the world, created the heaven and the earth. Now the earth was was formless and empty and darkness was over the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said... Let there be light. He spoke the world into existence. And he spoke the world into existence through his words. You remember the beginning of the gospel according to John. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. And all, through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has been made. And that word that was with God and was God through whom all things were made became flesh and dwelt among us. God has spoken to us through his son, through the word whom he appointed as heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. The sun, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Oh, the Old Testament prophets, they had visions and and, and they were given word, but it it was a shadow of what was to come. It was not the exact representation. It's it's as if all your life 
You had looked at nothing but sketches by great and talented artists. And then one day you walk upon the real thing. Oh, I have seen some beautiful, beautiful places in this world. One of, one of Jody and, and my favorite places in Scotland is Glencoe. Absolutely gorgeous. In fact, Rick Steves says if you ever have the opportunity to drive through Glencoe, when you get to the other end, turn around and drive back through it. And you know, you could go online and you could look at pictures. But those pictures are going to pale in comparison to the majesty of seeing that live and in person. Seeing the exact representation. Not a copy, not a drawing, not a picture, but the exact representation. And we are told by the author of Hebrews that Jesus is the exact representation of God, stamped in his image. In, in, uh, in John's gospel, it was Philip who asked him in the 14th chapter, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the exact representation. He is God incarnate. Remember that and cling to that. Not only is he the exact representation of God's being, he's sustaining all things by his powerful word. Think about that just for a minute. Jesus, right now, is sustaining this world. If Jesus decided at this very moment, enough is enough, and closed the book on history, we would be scattered into a gazillion molecules and atoms or whatever you want to think. We exist because Jesus is sustaining us. We do not exist because of a government edict. We do not exist because of our superior knowledge and willpower. We do not exist because of science and technology. We exist because Jesus and Jesus alone is sustaining all things. By his powerful word. What was the message of the prophets? The message of the prophets was repent. Turn around. Get back inside that relationship with God. And that moral framework with which he has given to us. And you will thrive. If you think you can do it on your own. You are sorely mistaken. That whole idea of sacrifice was designed to help us to recognize and realize the consequences of sin. And that sin has a cost. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sin, he sat down. You remember what Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. Through Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled with God. Oh, if you went through Romans with me, you know this, you know this, that God declared forensically 
that we are righteous. Not because of what we have done, but what Jesus has done. Provided the purification for sin. We are forgiven. We'll step to this table in just a few minutes. After he provided for purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. The power of the Almighty concentrated into one being, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came to show us the face of God, teach us how to live with one another, dies on the cross for our sin, raised from the grave, and the same power that raised him from the grave is at work within us, transforming us, raising us to new life, transforming us into his image. He ascended into the heavens where he reigns until that day when he will return to right every wrong, to heal every hurt, and wipe away every tear so that he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Oh, there is a spiritual realm, an unseen realm that is at war even as we speak. And there are things that we don't even understand and can't even contemplate because it's not given to us in the word. It's a mystery that is beyond our knowledge. We can piece things together. And given the time, I could, we could run through all of these threads. But we know that there are angels, the heavenly host. Sometimes they're, they're, they're praising God. Sometimes they're armed for battle. And we know that there is a battle that is existing and raging in the heavenly realms. Even as I speak, Jesus is superior. Why? Why? Why does God allow all this chaos to go on? Okay, I get it, Pastor. Jesus is superior. He is God. He's sustaining all things. He made purification for sin. He is the exact representation of God. Why is our world in a mess? Somebody once said, you know, I'm just thinking that perhaps when we see God face to face, he's going to ask us the same questions. What, what, what? I left you in charge. I left you as stewards. What, 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 what have you done? How have you, how have you let it come to this? We as a nation have been drifting away from our, our founding principles for decades. We have a constitution that is for a religious and moral per people only and is wholly inadequate to govern any other kind. Some, somebody told me just this past week, Constitution is shot. Saw an article, you've lost your republic. People are grieving, people are angry. Some people are rejoicing. What's going on? I'll tell you what's not going on. What's not going on is a nation calling itself to repentance. A nation that is seeking the face of God. If you get the Wall Street Journal, every Friday they have an article in the opinion section uh, called Houses, uh, session called Houses of Worship. And this last Friday, the article was written by Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy is an NFL uh, sportscaster. Uh, he was a coach of the, of the Colts. You know, he groomed Peyton Manning. Uh, 
African-American gentleman, gracious, deeply, deeply committed Christian. And this article is calling Christians to revival. And you know what he says in this article? This is the Wall Street Journal. I'm not making this up. He says five things. You need to be doing five things, you Christians out there. You need to be reading the word. Read the Bible through a year. Last week, I, I sent out the Read the Bible in a Year uh, uh, program. There's tons of stuff out there to show you how to do that. It takes about 15 minutes a day if you're a slow reader. Read through the Bible in a year. We need to be biblically literate people. We need to know our stuff. He says, and you need to be praying. You need to pray. You need to repent. You need to stay involved with your worshiping community. And you need to support it through your tithes and offerings. He says, those are the five things that will lead to revival in this country. What's the good word? I'm going to tell you what the good word is. The good word is that Jesus lives. The good word is he is still sovereign and in the heavens. The good word is that he has provided for the purification of sins to reconcile us with God. The good word is that through the Holy Spirit, we can engage our lives in meaningful ways that not only transform us, but transform those around us. I'll tell you what's happening. God is still at work. He has a plan. And in ways that I don't understand, COVID factors into that. American politics factors into that. You and the decisions that you make on a daily basis factor into that. Decisions have consequences. That's the price of being significant, and you are significant. I don't know how long all this stuff is going to go on, and at some point, I don't care. But what I do care is for people to keep a proper perspective, to know who Jesus is, because Jesus alone is going to see us through. Providing for the purifications of sin, he sat down. The right hand of the majesty in heaven. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. Okay, so I went a little over today. But we don't have to clean up and get ready for a second service, so please forgive me. Uh, I've told a couple of people, people ask me how I'm doing. I say, you know what, I'm weary. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, the Bible says, do not be weary of doing good. And uh, I I can do that. I'm weary, but I'm not going to be weary of doing good, of doing the right thing. I plan to press on. I plan on being hopeful and optimistic. I plan on leaning in to the everlasting arms of Jesus, knowing and believing with every fiber of my being that he is the exact representation of God who speaks and sustaining all things with his powerful words. Join me in those beliefs and together, We will not only endure 2021, but we will conquer in 2021.
for the glory of God. And the first place to conquer is our own souls.